Hey folks, listen, I do apologize in advance for the poor audio that I have on the 37 minute recording on this episode, but if you can get past the poor audio that I have on the recording of this episode and just listen to the value, I would really appreciate it. Please charge it to my mind, my brain, and not my heart. My intention was good to deliver good quality audio and um, a, a very good podcast. But for me to replicate that 37 minutes of value that I rant on these diagnoses, it just would be too difficult. I was talking off my heart, or off my head, and it was coming from my heart. And to replicate that would have been just not authentic. So please. Make sure when you uh, listen to this episode, take that into consideration. Enjoy. Hey, let's kick things off by talking about some of the examples of antisocial behavior. Some examples of notorious criminals in American history who have been diagnosed or believed to have um, antisocial personality disorder. Ted Bundy, a serial killer and rapists who murdered at least 30 women in the 70s. Uh, John Wayne Gracie, a serial killer and rapist who murdered at least 33 young men and boys in the 70s. Charles Manson, a cult leader who orchestrated several high-profile murders in the late 60s. And Jeffrey Dahmer, a serial killer and cannibal who murdered at least 17 men and boys in the 1980s and 90s. Early, early 90s, folks. Those are examples of antisocial personality disorder. Those are people who were said or diagnosed with antisocial behavior. In this episode, I, I love these episodes because this is the uh, opportunity for me to rant. And I love to rant. I don't know why, but I get on my high horse and I get it off my chest. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the myths and like how people misdiagnose and misuse these mental health disorders and it really brings a black eye to mental health because people don't know what the hell they're talking about so please stay tuned i'll be back after this brief message but you're not going to want to miss these two diagnoses that i'm about to rant about stay tuned okay so i i mean i get it i get where you all come from when you say anti anti the prefix anti means against or opposed to uh, or to counter whatever it is you put after it. I am anti-racist. I am anti-LGBTQ. I put out a, I put out a post about, um, if you follow me on my social media, especially on LinkedIn, on Facebook, you can follow me on those two platforms. But I put this information out there. But this is the platform where I get to go extensively diving into this stuff. So you may have heard some of this already, but anti-war, what does that mean? Uh, it's like the opposition to war and militarism, right? Get away from all war. We don't want war. Anti, anti-discrimination. Uh, you're opposed to unfair treatment of people of, or, or being prejudiced based on certain characteristics of other people, their race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, anti-discriminatory anti-government you're uh, opposed to a specific government or systems of governing over people anti-virus software uh is it's designed that is like you're against that kind of software that is designed to detect and remove computer viruses 
and Matt White. I get the anti. I get it. Something means to have uh, a position against or disagree with. But that is not the case with antisocial personality behavior or uh, personality disorder. Someone to say, I am antisocial. That is very serious diagnosis. It's a very difficult one because, again, it's a personality disorder. These are, uh, you know, these access to personality disorders are ex- ex- very difficult for even a mental health professional to diagnose. And for you to go on Google or do your quote-unquote research and look the symptoms up and then say, hey, this person identifies with like four or five of these uh the the diagnosing criteria it's not good folks you don't know what you're talking about and for someone who is educated or informed about mental health we shake our head we look at it as if like it's a black eye on our profession well i do i take it personally you don't know what you're talking about so let me i'm gonna bring it down i'm so sorry screaming in the mic y'all may have had to turn it down if you had the kids uh sleeping in the background or uh, look, I, I'm sorry, but look, I, this right here, this right, this right here, it gets on my nerves, folks. So um, l- let me see if I can give a better uh, kind of. I'm gonna read some things off, so a, a better grasp of what antisocial really means. I'm gonna give you a couple of different, I guess not definitions, but meaning. So it's reworded differently. So maybe you can kind of uh, get this. So according to the DSM-5, y'all, personality disorder by a persistent pattern of disregarding or violating the rights of others. Disregarding, like you don't care, okay? So if a kid, well, I'm not going to say kid, but if, if you're in a line to get tickets to the concert and you choose to cut 10 people in front of you, it's an utter disregard for other people, you don't care. What are you going to do about it? It's a persistent pattern of doing that, violating the rights of others. This can manifest in criminal behavior. So, antisocial behavior, uh, or uh, sociopath, or psych- sociopathy, or psychopath, or psychopathy. Okay, folks, these are all lumped together. Three different words lumped together, and you want to use it to say that you don't like going into big crowds or you don't like talking to people. It irks the crap out of me. Antisocial behavior does not mean that you don't like to talk to people or hang out with people. That's not what that means. I'm going to try to bring it down a little bit, right, because I've got that that self-awareness. I'm getting kind of heightened. My energies, I'm going to calm it down. I'm going to try to speak peacefully into the mind. Eloquently respond. No, bump that. This can manifest in criminal behavior, deceitfulness, impulsivity, aggression, and a lack of remorse or empathy. Remorse or empathy. A lack of remorse or empathy. You're not sorry for what happened. You're not sorry for what you said. You're not sorry for what you did. I'm not going to say you. How about they are not? In order be, to be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, an individual must have a history of this type of behavior. A history. Okay, folks? Like We, we have to... It, it goes a whole lot further than diagnostic criteria. It goes even further than a history. 
it goes to the situation and circumstances in which this happens, this behavior happens, to whom it happens to. It goes further to know, uh, uh, golly, it, it, it's just, it's so difficult to diagnose and you have to put so much into this diagnose, this diagnosis. I can give you two or three more examples of how to find, uh, you know, find out if a person meets this criteria. But then if I give you too much information, oh, now I know an antisocial. And then you start saying they're antisocial. And I want to get away from that altogether. I want to get away from people thinking that because the information is online or on a podcast, that they're so more informed that they can start diagnosis. It's very difficult to diagnose antisocial behavior or uh I'm not going to say behavior, but the actual personality disorder. I would go as far as saying, get away from using this language altogether. But if you really wanted to do it, I would like for you to say this is antisocial behavior. You're exhibiting antisocial behavior. That is antisocial behavior, folks. Right? The behavior. You're not, you're not saying I'm antisocial. You're not saying there's antisocial. Saying, man, that's antisocial behavior. Okay? So, um, so going even further into like the clinical, which is a personality disorder characterized by such behavior and a lack of concern for moral standards or social uh, societal rules. It is diagnosed by professionals such as psychologists or psychiatrists. Okay? Very difficult to diagnose this. Um, so y'all, you know, one of the biggest ways to, um, kind of say, Hey, this person is antisocial or identify antisocial is, is, is the criminality. If they have a history of criminal behaviors, why? Because we know that people who have been convicted of, of crimes, who have a persistent history of committing crimes, that is plain and simply the baseline for antisocial behavior because you are a threat to society or uh, you have an utter disregard for others in society. Um, so that right there, it's easier to say, okay, you're exhibiting antisocial behavior. You're antisocial. Cutting people up and eating them, multiple, uh, uh, lots of people, that right there is antisocial, Okay. Um, so be very careful, folks. Be very careful with throwing this word out there into the universe. Those who don't know about this, uh, what it means to be antisocial, we all know what you're meaning. Anti and then socializing. You're against socializing. You don't like socializing. Like we, we, uh, we understand what you're trying to say. But if you want to be in a room full of educated people, especially educated people in the medical field, please stay away, stay away, stay away from using this, please. So uh, typically, forensic psychologists evaluate these individuals who have been or possibly meet the diagnosis of antisocial uh, behavior. Um, Man, I, I, I would love to be a forensic psychologist. Like that is that is a huge turn on for me, that career. It's really cool because me, 
I used to be a convicted, well, I am considered a convicted felon, but I used to be a felon engaging in this criminal behavior. And I'm a prime example, prime example of someone who committed crimes, uh, uh, you know, breaking the law over the stint of several years, five or six years, just going hard and breaking the law. But serving time in prison, uh, uh, you know, changing my life, choosing to make the, the decision to change and go against the grain, no longer living that lifestyle. I'm not antisocial, but my behavior in my past and my youth and my young adulthood could have been considered antisocial behavior. You see, I had an utter disregard for others. I was physically hurting other people. I was risking, see, like all that stuff is antisocial behavior. But am I am I antisocial? Was I antisocial back then? Absolutely not. There's several reasons why I wasn't. One, I always had, uh, I always cared for other people. I always had empathy. I had, I always had love for other people. But my behavior showed that I didn't. Okay. Um, and then, so there was, there, there's plenty of examples of how I was good hearted and I did behaviors that, uh, helped other people. And then there was lots of behaviors that I, you know, showed that I was an utter disregard, uh, of, I had an utter disregard for other people. So, I mean, there's so many examples of, of me not being antisocial and you have to take that in consideration. Also my history prior to that five years or uh, whenever I was, you know, caught and apprehended and incarcerated, like the history, you have to take that into consideration. Like, and then again, I don't want to go too far into depth into me and my history, because then the more you know, the more you feel strongly to use this, this language. And I want to get you away from using this, these, these, this language. Antisocial, antisocial personality disorder disorder. I want you to get away from that. So, um, so let's go into, I don't know if I, if I, if I really hit it on the nose with how important it is <laughs> to stay away from it. I want you all to have an utter understanding, like an overall grasp of what it means to be antisocial and antisocial behavior. When you think of antisocial, think of Jeffrey Dahmer. If you haven't watched the Netflix series on uh, uh, on Jeffrey Dahmer, it's super creepy. It is super creepy. And I think it's more creepy because it was a true story and it was accurate. So anyways, I'm not going to promote that. But, you know, if you want to get a good idea of what antisocial is, that's it. From his childhood, his history, outside of the norms, I don't want to give it away. But this guy was in love with like uh, dead uh, carcasses, birds, animals, possums, uh, raccoons, things that would get uh, hit in the street, ran over, dead, killed. Him and his dad would go in the garage and dissect and play with the organs. And he wouldn't wear a mask and he would want to touch these, these animals with his bare hands. Like that is not normal, folks. That is antisocial. 
Okay, y'all, I need to take a break because I'm getting hyped up again. So, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and I'm going to give you the second diagnosis that irks the sh out of me. We'll be back after this brief message. Hey, if you're a first-time listener to uh, Therapy Swag Radio, I want you to head over to therapyswag.club, click on products, there is a book there and it's a link to Amazon and you can order that book. You can send it to a loved one. If they are incarcerated, send it to their facility. If someone has children, make sure that you send that book to them because not only is it just a read, it's an intervention for both uh, parents and their children, teenagers. It's also an intervention for those who want to turn their minor setback into major comeback. I tell my story of how I did it, and I give you the skills, tools, tricks, and strategies on how you can do the same thing. So be sure to head over to therapyswag.club, click at the link at the very top that says products, order that book for yourself or a loved one, and make sure it is put to use. Thank you. Okay, folks, I am back, and I am... A lot more chill. <laughs> Welcome. I never really gave an official diagno uh, diagnosis, an official uh, warm-up or intro to this podcast. This is Therapy Swag Radio. I am your host, Jeremiah J. Rankins. And I am talking about diagnosis, some mental health challenges or disorders that are misused out of the mouths of people. And that is why this contributes. This episode really speaks to... Um, what is it, the uh, the stigma of mental health? Because these things get thrown out, spewed out, spit out like nothing. And, and so it's it really it, it really causes more harm to our profession. You know, I was looking at this, um, you know, doing research for this podcast, this episode, I, I read a lot about people who are most qualified to diagnose these disorders. And those are psychologists and psychiatrists. And I, I would agree with that. Um, clinical psychologists, for sure. I would, I, I would uh, definitely agree with that. Uh, here in the state of Texas and throughout the state, I just don't want to misspeak, but uh, throughout the country, I should say. Uh, but here in the state of Texas, uh, master's level license mental health professionals are qualified to uh, give clinical diagnosis and treat therefore uh, the reason for this is because as as therapists as clinicians as traditional talk therapists not all of us are i'm actually moving away from that but as traditional talk therapists we must be able to treat only what we diagnose right so how could you bring someone into your office and talk to them or listen to them if they don't have a pre-existing diagnosis okay so we have been uh, granted the privilege and the the, uh, the i guess confidence to uh, diagnose based off of not just the criteria in the dsm-5 but all the clinical training that we have been provided in grad school so that's four years of a bachelor's degree and then completing a two years at least two-year master's degree and then going on to get a license following that. So I, I just want to give you some background on, uh, you know, who is a qualified professional, but typically the gold standard is a psychologist. 
and then a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists, not so much because they deal more so with medications. I, I, I don't want to get into that because I have a bias, so let me go ahead and stop. But psychiatrists, MDs, they're medical doctors, psychologists, more clinical diagnosing, and there's different types of uh, psychologists. Okay, so this other one that I want to rant about, I, I want to rant about is narcissistic personality disorder. Again, on my social media, I think I wrote an article where I did a post. Uh, I did a video for sure. It was a YouTube short. Uh, it, it, it's on uh, my Instagram. So I did one narcissistic personality disorder. I gave a quick brief rundown in less than one minute. But honestly, folks, it takes way more uh, explanation than a, a one minute short or a video on narcissistic personality disorder. And the reason for that is because, again, so much goes into this access to personality disorder diagnosis. Remember before I told you that personality disorders are some of the most difficult disorders, challenges, mental health challenges that we as mental health professionals diagnose. I stay away from access to uh, uh, disorders, uh, DSM-5 disorders because of the complexities in it. And so, um, yeah, very challenging. I may say they have narcissistic behaviors. I may say they have, uh, you know, antisocial behavior, but as far as the diagnosis, I try to stay away from, and then the treatment therefore uh, of, of people who have those type of diagnoses. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I may have one or two that exhibit antisocial behavior on my caseload, but again, uh, it goes back to my childhood, my experiences as, as a youth, I also exhibited those types of behaviors, uh, but I was not antisocial. Looking back, I can I can definitely make that, that clinical judgment that determination. Okay, as I rank, let's talk about this. Narcissistic personality disorder, y'all wanna hear the DSM-5? Uh, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I wanna remind you all that a qualified mental health professional needs to be making these clinical judgments. Uh, psychologists being the top tier, psychiatrists as well. Based on the criteria of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM-5, I think it's revised now, DSM-5-TR, uh, or the, the clinical or the international, the ICD-10, and I'm not going to get into that. So it's like the, the global classif classification of all diseases, mental health, uh, medical diseases, uh, all that. So that's called the ICD-10. Anyways. So according to the DSM-5, let's talk, let's, let's, let's point out some of the criteria here. Uh, a, per se, a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, uh, grandiosity and fantasy or behavior. So it, it breaks, it, it's, it gives two uh, kind of uh, words that, that describe grandiosity. I think that doesn't do enough. Fantasy or behavior, grandiose, grandiose. Grandiosity is basically, I'm going to give you an example of grandiosity. Someone in the wintertime walking down the street in shorts and a t-shirt. It's it's cold outside. It's like below zero. And they're walking outside saying, I'm not cold. Uh, someone in the summertime wearing trench coats, sweating, walking down the street in baggy sweats or heavy clothing. It's hot outside. It's 100 degrees in Texas. And they're walking around with these heavy clothing. That right there is grandiose behavior. 
uh, of course, someone who would think that they can fly, they're Superman, they have superpowers, they can read minds, like things like that is a, a, a pattern of grandiose behavior. And again, a pervasive pattern. Uh, they have a need for admiration and lack of empathy. Again, this is, you know, that's a word used in uh, antisocial behavior, so antisocial personality disorder. So uh, that lack of empathy, again, it's a personality trait, beginning by early adulthood and per, uh, present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following. Y'all rock with me, okay? And lack of empathy beginning by early adulthood and, and present in a variety of different contexts. As, as has a grandiose sense of self-importance, exaggerated achievements and talents, expects to be recognized as superior without com, uh, commensurate achievements, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. Now, let me let me let me go a little bit further into this because I've been called antisocial, I've been called narcissist, <laughs> narcissistic. I I've been you know, this this disorder uh has a really big presence. It's overused in divorce court. It's overused in relationships. Oh my gosh, he is so narcissistic. He believes, okay, it's so exaggerated. Like, stop using the word in court in relations. First and foremost, if you have a personal relationship with this person, whether it's an ex-boyfriend, it's still a relationship that you share with this person especially if you had sexual intercourse. That is a bond, a spiritual bond that happens between two people, and that is why sex should not be taken lightly. But anyways, if you have a personal relationship or had a personal relationship with an individual, you should not be throwing out this diagnosis or this blanket over them. That right there, you are ruled out of the, the ability to diagnose a person. I could never diagnose my brother, my mom, my partner, my kids. I can't do it because I have a personal relationship. And see, this is the thing. In mental health, in the field of mental health, we as clinicians cannot have that dual relationship. Why? Because we would innately have this bias. We would have a bias. Now, some of us who are more talented or have this self-awareness and can detach the mental health, uh, the personal relationship and the mental health career, the, the, the uh, profession, I should say, and be able to do this objectively. Okay, okay, cool. But most people in the community do not have that self-awareness and that professionalism to do this. And all the things that has happened, this person, he has done to you shows up in how you diagnose. You are disqualified from diagnosing people, especially if they have a personal relationship with you. This is good. I want you all to take a lot of key points away from this, this conversation that we are having. 
<laughs> what I'm saying to you, because you're not talking back to me, I'm talking to you. I would love for you all to talk to me through comments and send me a voice message. You can go to therapyswag.club, shameless plug, but you can communicate with me on those platforms, and I listen, I hear. Um, I will read out some of your comments and your questions on the show without using your name. Okay, so let's go a little bit more uh, into this. Believes that he or she is special and unique. Oh, I wanted to say that it is okay to believe that you are special and you are unique. It's okay. You should have that idea or that thought process. You should. But special and unique, and this goes into the context, special and unique that you are super unique that you have superpowers, super special that uh, only the universe, uh, certain, like, it, it's kind of different, the special and unique that, that you and I may think of. In the past, I've said that I have been called to do something, I am specially, I have been specially picked out and I am uh, given a certain purpose by God. So I have been ordained, right? Whoa, 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 that's narcissistic. Stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it. So, so folks, you have to take all this stuff into consideration and into context has a sense of entitlement, unreasonable expectations of special favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Someone who carries themselves with confidence, self-esteem, someone who dresses very nice and they know that is one of their strong points, they walk into a room and they know, they have this feeling that people gravitate towards them, their eyes turn, their heads turn, especially if this person is very attractive and they know that they are very attractive. That can happen. That is realistic. However, if you don't have some of those characteristics and you walk into the room and you feel like you should have a sense of entitlement, you feel like your eyes are watching you, people are turning heads and looking at you and like, wow, if you if, if a person has that sense of the, the, those characteristics, feel like they deserve favorable treatment, that is a uh, a characteristic, a, a an identifier of this diagnosis. I, I, let me go deeper because uh, I don't think I was clear enough on that. A gorgeous woman, a woman who. A lot of people believe to be physically attractive men. I'm using a woman, but it could be a man. Uh, they, they walk into a room. Uh, they walk into a bar, a club, uh, a venue, whatever, and men offer them drinks. And it's been happening since teenage days. They've been getting this special treatment, this special accommodations. They have been told a lot of times how attractive they are, Okay. So now at this 28, 33, 40 years old, they still have this sense of entitlement. That is not the same thing as what we're talking about in this narcissistic, this narcissistic behavior. It's not the same thing. This person has been shown to be given this entitlement, these privileges in her workplace, in uh, the clubs, bars with men. She has been given these privileges. 
not the same thing as narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, let's go further into this. Um, is interpersonally exploitative, uh, takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends. Donald Trump. So, you know, uh, people throughout our history have celebrities. I like to use them because they're well known. So people of this status typically take advantage of others to achieve their own ends. An example that I just under my breath said, if you didn't catch it, I said Donald Trump. So Donald Trump has done things for and almost every president, almost every politician. They'll do things for people and then they'll have uh, around the back, around the corner, um, they want something in return. I'll do it for you in return for this. That's what this is really talking about. Interpersonally exploitative. Takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own ends, especially if you're a person in power. I'm getting ready to wrap it up, okay, folks? Lacks empathy, again, antisocial, characteristic trait, personality disorder trait, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. Shows arrogance, haughty behaviors or attitudes. That word haughty is in the Bible. Uh, the individual's personality pattern is stable and of long duration, meaning they are they walk amongst us norm like normal people, you know, uh, of long duration, and its onset can be traced back to at least to adolescence or early adulthood. This is talking about the history, the prevalence of these behaviors, but should not be diagnosed until young adulthood. Uh, the individual's personality pattern leads to clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other areas of functioning. Occupational meaning career, job, uh, out there in the workforce, the, in, in their professional setting, or just around people where you know they make their money. Jobs. The disturbance is not due to the direct psychological effects of a substance. So we're ruling out drugs. We're ruling out uh, any chemical that can alter the brain, the chemicals in the brain, any substance outside substance, foreign substance that can alter the chemicals in our brain. So we're ruling out that. That's what that means. The disturbance is not due to the direct psycho, uh, psychological, uh, physiological effects of us from a substance. Substance. The individual is not accounted for by schizophrenia. Schizo okay, so you're, you're ruling out schizophrenia, schizotypal, uh, delusional, or psychotic disorders. You're ruling that out. So this person has, th those diagnoses have been ruled out, and, uh, you know, that is how you know, their behavior, their history, their patterns, their, their pervasive patterns, have led to this diagnosis. First, you have to rule out it's not substances and schizophrenia. They don't have schizophrenia, schizotypal, delusional, or psychotic disorder. Okay? So, uh, you know, I said a lot there. I said a lot of scientific and big words and clinical words, but narcissistic personality disorder, again, is one of those diagnoses that is not just easily flown off the tongue. And this person is a narcissist. Stop. Don't do it, folks. To a medical professional, a mental health professional, yes, this is your opinion. You're entitled to your your opinion, and I think that is some of the biggest problems 
in the United States, everybody has this freedom of speech to say whatever they want to, and so they speak out of their ass. Okay? It's not a cuss word, it's in the dictionary. So, you know, we have to be careful with these narcissistic, narcissistic personality disorder, narcissistic behaviors, like throwing this antisocial behavior, antisocial personality disorder. Like, uh, let's stop. Let's stop. Folks, this has been another episode where I rant. Therapy Swag Radio. I am your host, Jeremiah J. Rankins. Make sure that you put a comment. You share with me uh, what you think about this episode. Give me some of your input. I know a lot of listeners who are going to listen to this particular episode still believe that they just left a relationship with a narcissist or uh, uh, someone who is antisocial. They still believe, they're going to believe that they were abused by these people. Maybe so, maybe so. But that person was not clinically diagnosed by a mental, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a master's level clinician. So how accurate are you with your diagnosis? They could have had something else. You could have thought that they had antisocial behavior, but they were really narcissistic. Ah, and vice versa. You were dealing with someone who was narcissistic, but you were like, oh, he's antisocial. He's a psychopath. Okay? So I, I had to get this off my chest. I had to talk about this. And another big one is ADHD and ADD. Oh, my God, I'm so ADD. Or uh, I, I'm so OCD. I'll get into that. If y'all want to hear about those two diagnoses and, uh, you know, get off the Google and, and really know what it means to be OCD in a brief 30-minute, 45-minute episode on Therapy Swag Radio, let me know. I want to hear from you all. You can put these comments anonymously on ther- Therapy Swag Radio, therapyswag.club, therapyswag.club. You can rate the episode. You can comment on the episode. I receive all this information, and I need to hear from you all. I'm done. I'm getting off my rant. Y'all, thank you for listening to another episode. I'll be back soon.